Hi guys, you're here with the Driveway Athletes Podcast. Uh, in this episode, it's another fantasy football episode coming uh, to you guys. Uh, we're doing running back ranks 13 to 24. Um, at the end of the episode, we record a short um, review of uh, beef jerky. Um, it's something that um, is nice and, and light and fun, but um, any excuse that I can have to eat some beef jerky, I'll take because I do enjoy a good bag of of beef jerky. So at the end of the podcast, we do review beef jerky. Um, stick around if you want to hear that. Otherwise, it is ranks 13 to 24 uh, at running back. Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoy. If you guys listen to the intro, we're here um, to finish out our running back top 24. Um, so I'm back here again with Ed uh, to finish this out. Right, Ed? Yes. All right. So, yeah, we gave everybody a little bit of a chance to chew on that top 12. Um, and, and then here we are to, to, to round it out. Um, I, I don't know. You tell me. I feel like once you get outside the top 24 and you're into that flex range, it becomes a lot about preference from there. Totally. Um, I mean, even some of the guys in this top 24 are – kind of uh iffy i think too so it's tough running back is it's a it's it's not like any other position Um, it gets thin fast yeah it gets very thin very fast and um so we did our draft order on sunday and both of us ended up at the tail end of the first and Part of the reason I wanted that is not that I mean I I think people if you listen to draft lore from the other other episodes you know that I like to be at the turns, um, and that is a preference. But I think this year more so than any other year, um, I really want to crack at at getting two guys that have the chance to finish up top, and I feel like that weight for that second pick, um, not only does you know, it, it gets very iffy yeah. about how thin it actually is. So um, I want two shots rather than getting like one like super high end guy and then having to deal with whatever else falls. So I, I think I I basically did the same thing because uh, in our league when your name gets called, you get the choice of where you want to pick. So I think maybe my name was picked fifth, something like that. And I had the choice between, I could have chosen the fourth spot. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, you know, like if I can't get, uh, CMC or Barkley or maybe to an extent Elliot. Like, you know what? I also want two shots at some high upside running backs. So I picked eleven. I I, I chose that at the turn. Yeah. So um, for both of us, these names that we're going to be talking about might represent our second picks um, more so than maybe our first, because we do have obviously picks inside the top 12, but um, there are some interesting names. Cause I do think when I compared my ranks to fantasy pros, it's similar, but it does shuffle some. So um, I'll give my number 13 and then uh, we'll go from there. Sound okay. good. Sounds good. All right, so my top 12 ended at Aaron Jones. So number 13, I have Kenyon Drake, um, which is going to be inside the Fantasy Pros top 12, I believe. Yeah, by one. So, he is there too. Yeah, he is number 12. So I'm I'm right there. Right. Um, what was your thinking on having him outside the top 12? Uh, when I look at it, I just think that I prefer. So, who, what is is 
I'm I'm looking for who I have inside that bumped him bumped him out. Is it is it Aaron Jones? Yeah. So that's a preference between Aaron Jones and Kenyon Drake. Um, so he just draws the short straw because, um, I think Aaron Jones is a better player. Yeah. You know, like that's just kind of my, um, my thinking there and, and nothing more than that. I'm not sure that, you know, green Bay's offense is any better than Arizona. Um, but uh, you know, I just, I just believe. Aaron Jones has a better history of being. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you look at Drake's career, I mean, he was kind of, well, listen, he was on a terrible Miami team, but I mean, his stats were like run in the mill, you know? So history wise, he, he's not there, but yeah, I guess towards what the end of last year is when, he came on. Um, we've seen this from other players. I mean, yeah, can you think of any other players that like came on towards the end of the season and then now they're in the top 24 or, or whatever? Let's, I mean, he's 12 in Fantasy Pros, third, so he's like on the cusp of being your. Yeah, uh, RB one. Yeah, you know, like um, so the name that that it reminds me of a lot is CJ Anderson from close of twenty fourteen and then the twenty fifteen draft. Um, comes on strong at the end, ends up with like a top twelve grade, and never really lives up to that. Um, and that's kind of what it reminds me of. Just in they're not they don't play the game the same. You know, I, 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 even on the bad offense, Kenyon Drake was a, he's a good player. Um, I'm just, I don't, I still don't know fully what to make of Arizona's offense either, right? Like, so they, they ship David Johnson out of town and, and he's a name we'll talk about, I think. But, um, and then they bring in, um, Hopkins. And I, I don't know what to make. I, I just, I don't know really fully what to make of that offense. And I know uh, good, bad, or, or indifferent. I know a little bit more of what to make in Green Bay, you know? So, yeah, right. Um, it reminds me a lot of C.J. Anderson, where you end up throwing a lot of this hype out there. And who knows, you know, like sometimes those guys, you know, that happens, like like Henry last year, um and they end up being good. And, and sometimes it just doesn't turn out. I, I, I'm always someone that says like what someone has done over their careers, who they are, not the best four games of their career, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so that's kind of was my, my, was my break in line there for, for him. So, um, that's, that was my thought process. So the next player that I have on my list is Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. He's at 14. Austin Eckler is at 13 in fantasy pros again. So I'm right there. Um, I think that you and I have a little bit of the same take with Eckler. Yeah. So he's a player I had last year. And the reason I picked him is because I had Melvin Gordon the year before. And I saw all the touches Eckler was getting, especially in the passing game. So last year when Gordon was going through his contract dispute, I decided to, I'm like, you know, I'm going to take Eckler. I forget what round I got him in. Let's call it the six, maybe. Um, it was a great value. Yeah, pick. he, I mean, he's the the reason why, like, my team was successful last year. I mean, where did I forget where he finished? Top um, five. So he pulled up his stats. Yeah, uh, I didn't pick up his finish. I'll I'll, I'll pull that up. Um, but he plays sixteen games, right? Um, in twenty nineteen. So uh, the the risk was always um, the injury. Um, but you know, not 
anything crazy on the ground. He's at 557 yards, but the thing is, he gets 108 targets, 993 yards through the air. So mm-hmm. um, you're talking about a 1,400 all-purpose yard season with eight receiving touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns, right? So that's right. a good year. That is a very good year. Um, so I get where you're going. Last year, they passed the ball like an enormous amount of times. Like, there's no way that Tyrod Taylor is passing the ball as much as Philip Rivers. Uh, probably not. Um, and Tyrod Taylor is going to get a certain amount of rushes just himself as well. Right. Um, but I still, I mean, I still think Eckler is very valuable. I mean, even it, so he's got a, last year, he had 108 targets. If it's 98 or 95, that's still like super valuable. Right. You know, he's got 92 catches on 108 targets. Um, so say that even comes down a certain amount. Um, and whatever math you want to do with how much that translates, it's not going to go down by 40, you no, know? No, definitely not. So if it comes down by, by 20 and, and it's 88 targets, he's, that's still 70, you know, like if you still have the same catch rate, that's still 76 catches, you that's know? Pretty, so, that's pretty, that's pretty damn good. Right. Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't expect him to have a poor season, I guess is where I'm, where I'm going. Like, even if we see some regression, I mean, I don't see, I think both of us would sit here and say, I don't see 108 targets. No, I don't either. You're right. But I don't, I don't see lower than 88 either. No. Yeah. It's going to be probably, yeah, maybe, 10 off from that. Right. Which is still eight yeah. targets. Um, and, and again, he, so he had, a, he out of his targets, he didn't catch 16 balls. So if you just translate that down and you go to 88, that's still, or, or 98, that's still 82 catches. That's Alvin Kamara. Um, number of catches, you know, like that is still a very good, um, season you know so um i'm just going to pull up what the projections are on on fantasy pros um just to to go through um to see how far off we are with just our spitballing here so they're calling for 66 catches that's the projection on fantasy pros Mm -hmm. at 657 yards um and seven seven hundred yards uh, on the ground, so an increase in ground yards, a decrease in receiving yards. But that's still you're still talking about a thirteen, almost fourteen hundred all-purpose yard season. So I I I'm not going to sit here and say you know like say that that's that far off, you know. So that's still a pretty good season. Yeah, I'd be comfortable drafting him in the I- early second. Like maybe I, not, I, maybe not for me, but like, if you're like, what if you're the sixth pick and he's coming back to you? Like, Oh, I'd love it. Right. Or set, I, you I, know, I, like somewhere in that range. Which is possible, right? Because when we're looking at these ranks and you're looking at who might go with those second picks and some wide receivers are going to go there, you know, people are going to split and whatnot. So, um, you know, rated 14 on my list, uh, rated 13 on fantasy pros. That's a pretty good player. Yep. So here's where I go. Like, it looks like way off script, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that far off at 15. I have James Connor and he's 18 on fantasy pros. Correct. So, so yeah, that's, it's a three player. It's a three running back difference. It's not necessarily a three pick difference with three running back difference. And I guess, I mean, we talk tiers. It's a whole nother tier too. Based on their, based yeah. on theirs. Yes. 
Um, and I'll, I'll kind of explain what I'm thinking here and, and we can go from there. Um, so the players in between their ranks from where you get to Eckler to Connor is Aaron Jones, who I have way up. You know, I have him in my top 12. Um, he's 14. Chris Carson. Then they have Todd Gurley and Leonard, Leonard Fournette. And some of this, again, is a preference play for me. Um, I know James Conner is an injury risk. So is Chris Carson, right? Like, um, And then it comes down to a little bit of which offensive line do you like better? Which guy, you know, like, I don't think that either one necessarily presents, when you're talking about just Conner and and Carson presents a much clearer picture to a 16 game season. No, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, I guess they're somewhat interchangeable. If, if you're, if you're looking at these rankings and Leonard Fournette is again, he's another guy with a huge injury risk. Jacksonville talked about trading him before the draft and I wouldn't be surprised. It just doesn't seem like they're very happy with him. Yeah, but they didn't draft anybody either. It's yeah, but they like... did sign a guy. Who they they there there's someone else in the back. What they had Armstead last year, and there's some. I wouldn't be. I would be just as su- surprised as. You know, he had a good year last year because I had him on one of my teams, but he didn't have the touchdowns, and. um I just wouldn't be surprised if they just phased him out of their offense. Um, uh, I just think that's hard to do with not that great of like a backup. You know, I just yeah, I think that the team looks at him kind of like a like a bonehead. He seems to just get himself into trouble. And go ahead, sorry. And when he plays, you know, he's an injury risk and he's a bit of a bonehead too. Um, I, you know, he's a, was a number four overall pick when he came out. He's, it's not like he's short on talent. It just, I'm not in love with the situation there in Jacksonville. No, no, me either. They have, they have issues. (laughs) So you're saying though, you like Connor better than Gurley too. Right, and I, I just think Gurley's done. Yeah, um, he didn't have I'm um, he didn't have a bad fantasy season last year though. He had a de- decent yeah. totals at the end of the year. Right. Um, he obviously th- wasn't the Gurley of the year prior, year prior to that. But I mean. He wasn't up to the girly standard, but he ended up with decent numbers. Probably not decent where you would have picked him, but... So, he ends up with 857 rushing yards and 12 12 touchdowns, right? So, the touchdowns kind of save him. And 207 receiving yards with another two touchdowns. So, 14 touchdowns is probably what saved him. 857 yards is not necessarily what you would be hoping for no. um, for from a Todd Gurley. And um, I'm trying to look at his, his bust rate, but I'm going to give you some yardage totals and you're, you know, like you're going to see why people were really disappointed. Um, so week 17, we're not going to count, right? That's not really a fantasy week, but week 16, 48 yards, week 15, 20 yards, week 14, 79 yards, week 13 nine, or 95 yards. And then it's like 22, 97, 73, 44, 41, 51. It's a lot of, without a touchdown, it's a lot of, you know, it, lackluster when yeah. you're talking about fantasy, you know. Now, he goes into a great opportunity in Atlanta. He does. He really does. Um, but Pittsburgh is not a bad, you know, a bad offense to be in either. Um, great offensive line. It really goes by if Roethlisberger plays. Um, Which is a big if at this point. Oh, at this point, he's not a young <laughs> man. You know, like, um, 
and he's got a long injury history himself. But I'm just not sure that that how, what Gurley has left in the tank, and I'd rather bet on the younger player in that situation. Yeah. So who you got? You got Carson next at in the 16th spot. Right, which is kind of a flip flop from I think where where the expert consensus is. Yeah, so he's fifteen on fantasy pros. So again, I think that there's a lot of, lot to like about Chris Carson. What there's to dislike is injury, and I think him and Connor present kind of the same thing. Um, I think that Chris Carson, when he plays, represents high upside. Just got to be on the field. Yeah, which is again, that's a uh, that's hard to predict. You can only go by history. Yep. Um, I think, would he have a a hip injury last year? I think it yes. was. Yeah. Yes. And his bat, and, and Penny has been hurt. And then they go out and bring what they bring in Carlos Hyde, um, which, you know, if I'm a Chris, if I'm someone in drafting Chris Carson, I'm not worried about Carlos Hyde keeping Chris Carson off the field. Um, I just think that's in order to have a body. Right. Um, so then I think that my next player is, oh, I've got David Montgomery. Yeah, this is a bit off. off. Little hot take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and on Fantasy Pros, he's 24. So um, I think that Montgomery has a little bit of post-hype sleeper in him. Um, so David Montgomery as a rookie came out pretty highly drafted last year, correct? Yes, he did. Um, and, uh, Chicago's offense wasn't very good last year. Um, oh, no, they, yeah, I think Trubisky hurts, <laughs> hurts them a, a, a little bit. So, so even with that, and even with a slow, little bit of a slow start, um, he still gets 242 attempts on the ground last year. So I guess, you know, when I'm looking at it, um, I'm not, and it's just going to cross off some names that are above him or below him in my ranks, but above him. I'm not in love with taking Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, or Todd Gurley. Um, and I'm not necessarily in love with, and this is a guy I feel like we we've mentioned it before, never gets the respect, but I'm not fully in love with Ingram either. Um, and I know that they run the ball a lot, but they drafted somebody, right? And JK Dobbins, they, they drafted Dobbins and Ingram was somebody who really, um, ended up benefiting a lot from, not as much opportunity as you think. Um, so on a heavy run team, uh, he, you're still looking at 202 attempts, which would be on the low end for somebody with um, as much as he had last year. Um, right. Like he, I guess in that offense, like he doesn't really have anybody that's going to get, a bulk load of the carries. Now, well, he, the quarterback gets a lot. Right, but I guess, I mean, Montgomery has Tyree Cohen, Cohen who is going to catch. He's yeah. catching, but yeah, right. So I guess the only thing there is that you have to worry about Montgomery coming off the field on third downs. Right, and, and Cohen is a special player. Like, he's sure. a game breaker. You know, Um, but Ingram is now 30. Um, And when you look at the game, his game um, breakdown, again, um, you're not looking at a game where he rushed the ball, I think, above 15 times, or maybe he only did it twice, twice. Uh, 19 attempts against Pittsburgh and 16 attempts against Kansas City. So it's not like that adage where, you know, Baltimore is the heaviest rushing team in the league 
Therefore, having the running back on that team is super valuable. Um, you're, uh, what saved his season a little bit again last year is, is touchdowns. Um, but week 16, 55 yard. Week 15, 76, 50, 59. He's got three games over 100 yards, four games. It's, it's, so when you look at it, I feel like we're, we're saying like, oh, Mark Ingram doesn't get much respect. But also, I think that running, that running backfield ends up having the ball spread out even more this year. For sure. I'm not sure that he gets the same 202 attempts. Um, and if that comes down, is he more valuable than the guys that are, that I have ahead of him? Um, so that is one of the reasons why I have Montgomery up well above Ingram or two picks above Ingram. But what really Ingram is the guy who loses out on my list, um, there. Yeah. And I mean, you have Montgomery, like, I mean, you just said it you personally would rather have Montgomery over Gurley Bell Johnson I have all three of those guys I feel like they're a little interchangeable right um I think that all three of them represent their better days are probably behind them um and look, one of these three guys may have a monster season and I, you know, like they're still in my top 24, but the last time we saw either of these, any of those three on the field, we just not much to, you know, say that you were in love with. No. Uh, let's just say you had, what if you had the first pick or second pick, third? Like, so I'll tell you where I'd be more willing to take one of those three guys right. is if I had an early pick and I come into the third round and I've got two non-running backs, and I'd be more likely to take those guys over Montgomery or Fournette because it, it maybe even Ingram. Because one of them may catch fire, right? Each of them has something to like still, right? David Johnson, if he gets the amount of carries that Carlos Hyde got in in Houston, there's a lot to like um, just based on volume alone. Um, he doesn't even have to return to the David Johnson of a few years ago. He just has to fall down and get some yards <laughs> if he gets that level. If he gets that level of touches, right, he sh- – you, you have to get some production there. Um, with uh, Le'Veon Bell, right? He's still an excellent receiver, right? If he can recapture some of those seasons that he had in Pittsburgh where he's getting 100 plus targets, there's something to like there. I also think probably the Jets' offense, um, I mean, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So... And there's not much receiver like um, Jamison Crowder seems to be their number one. Um, and they bring in Brashad Perryman, who I guess is their number two now. That's their veterans. They, they drafted a rookie. Chris Herndon, who I've been waiting to really come on. And, and who knows if this is the season he takes a step forward. It leaves a lot to be desired, I guess, is my point. Yeah. Um, and Bell is still a good receiver and a great safety valve may you know like my concern when bell left pittsburgh was he's got this so distinct running Running style yes that i wasn't sure behind a different offensive line that it works the same and then he and then they hire gase you know which who he, he never there is even when he was a coordinator never has an efficient running game and you know and it just deflated me so much on a player that i really like um that being said, you know, there's still something to like here. And then Todd Gurley goes to Atlanta with, a t- again, a ton of opportunities. So one of these guys, they wouldn't be crazy to see them end up in the top 10 or the top eight. I wouldn't expect to see them in the top five. They could really return in value. And that's where you might see me grab one of those guys where, like, I really need to try and, you know, like, I'm not going to take Jordan Howard there. That doesn't give you, uh, that doesn't fill the hole. Jordan Howard isn't 
he's a guy that you have to fill in for injury or for um, bye week or um, maybe, he provides maybe a, a flex at, during some sort of matchup. Yeah, he, right. He's a guy that seems to outperform his draft position, but you never really are in love with starting him. And he he just provides a good floor. And so, like, if I need to swing for the fences, that's not the player I'm going to take there. Like, so that's more likely where I'd end up with one of those three guys. I, I would take them over Ingram in that situation or even Fournette because I need a, someone who has the chance to, to really outperform that draft, that draft um, capital. So speaking of Fournette, he's in your 18 spot. Yeah, and I think Fournette is the better version of Howard. Or the younger version of Howard. Yeah, and Fantasy Pros has him 17. So you're in the you're in the same range, same tier, all that. Um and I guess a couple of minutes ago you you got done explaining that you know that they're Jacksonville's probably done with him, but again, he is really like the only guy in that backfield. Yeah. And so when I'm talking about why I would take one guy over the other, I just think that Montgomery offers a little bit more safety than Fournette does in that regard. Um, but yeah, there isn't much behind Fournette to say definitely. And I think that he represents the best of him, Ingram, and Howard. I think that they're all kind of similar, again, like like how I put Bell, DJ, and Gurley together. I think that they're all kind of similar players where like they, they're, they're not huge touchdown machines. They're not game breakers at this point in their careers. You know, they're just kind of guys who... Mm-hmm. point of contention there no i i mean i i actually i agree with that take um i was just looking up what fournette's projections are for the year um so they have him at you know 225 attempts 900 yards six touchdowns, 50 receptions. Um, so <clears throat> he's probably what? Like, a, I don't know. That's a, like top, you know, running, running back to like in the top. Yeah. And, and, and it's top in the top end. Yeah. Of that type of player. I, I, you know, I guess. Yeah, like, uh, I guess, again, depending on where you're picking, like, I'm not taking them because I'm pick 11. Like, I just, coming back, like, I want more of a, a higher I want more upside, price. which is why I have Connor above him. Right. I just think he represents a higher, a higher ceiling. Yeah. Um. So we've talked about a lot of the names here. Yeah, so 19, you got Ingram. Which we talked, talked about, about pretty. Um, Bell, DJ, Gurley, we talked about. Melvin, or the, the one name we haven't discussed is Melvin Gordon. Right. Who I have at 23. Fantasy Pros has at 19. So that's a four-player difference. Yeah, wh- why do you think Gordon, like, why do you think he's slipped so much I mean he he really last year only had the I forget what game he started playing and maybe was it week nine maybe I'll, uh, I'll yeah pull, pull that up but like it seems like it's not a lack of talent it's not a lack of talent it's it's well he changes teams right he does and and right now, that's a crowded. That's a crowded backfield. We don't have much clarity there. Um, Philip Lindsay's still in town. Uh, Royce Freeman's still in town. They've got uh, second-year quarterback Drew Locke. 
um, they draft uh, a receiver that they're going to want to get the ball, you know, uh, the ball in his hands. There's just a lot, you know, a lot of um, a so lot of the opportunity really for him that pushes him to where he's at. I don't even know what to make of the of his opportunity. <laughs> like, I just don't. I don't right. like. Um, I know that Denver did run the ball a good amount of the time, and I do know that they're the guys that they handed the ball off to were not that efficient. Why is this doing this? It's the craziest thing. So I click on his game log, and it's kicking me to another page. Um, so, um, yeah, it's weird. Like I can't access his <laughs> his either. <laughs> yeah. So. He started playing before week eight. I think it's, I think he started playing week five. Okay. So, um, uh, but I, I think I remember that, you know, he had to get up the game speed. And Eckler was killing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like week nine is where he starts getting back to form. Right. So, um, all of those be- things being said is I like Melvin Gordon, the talent. I like Melvin Gordon, the talent a lot, but that, that team, I, I just don't know what to make of that backfield. And that's kind of what, um, throws me, throws me back of, uh, throws him back for me. Because it's not like he's on the same team where I have a little bit of, even though the quarterback would have changed if he was still in uh, on the Chargers. Um, so it's a little bit of uncertainty. So when I, again, if I went, I'd feel a lot better drafting Melvin Gordon if I started my draft with McCaffrey or, or Barkley. I don't need that much from Melvin Gordon. Right. I could afford the bus there. Um, but because I don't know the backfield... Um, and what's going to happen, I get a little bit more squirrely about having him rank better. It's just about risk mitigation in my, in my case. So at the 24 slot, you have Jordan Howard. Just by talking to you, you know, not on podcasts and all, like, you're really up on him this year. I'm not. So here's the thing. Is I'm All right, not... so I'm just so you have him at 24. Fantasy Pros has him at 32. I mean that is it's a big difference. Big difference. But, let's, but let's look. Let's start going through because um when we start going through those names and maybe you'll understand. All right, so I guess before we get into that though. Hmm. Because you're going to name a guy I, I want to talk about that is not in your top 24. That but we both like. That we both like a lot. Is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So, no, he's not in my top 24. But he's a player that, depending on how I start at my draft, I will probably take in my, you know, in my top 24. Because I probably have already have two running backs that I don't need Jonathan Taylor to start the season on fire with. Yeah, I mean, he walks in to an awesome situation. I think, if I'm not wrong, like he's like one of the best running backs to ever come out of college football, like his statistics. And if you see pictures of the guy... Yeah, I mean, he looks like a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I can't like, I can't see like a cornerback tackling this guy if he gets to no, the second level. You know what I mean? It's like another, it's like another Henry, right? You know, um, but maybe, maybe actually a like a better natural runner. You know, um, so and pro- and Indianapolis arguably has the one of the best, best offensive lines in football. Top, yeah, top three probably. Yeah, so. I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. You like Jonathan Taylor a lot. I have Howard at 24 above Taylor. Again, just representing a floor. Um, we've talked a little bit previously about 
running back, rookie running backs either starting slow or hitting a wall at different points of the season. And um, that is literally the only reason I, I think, I just think Howard represents fantasy pros has him probably projected. Howard represents typically a thousand yards year in, year out. Um, and to me, depending on how you start your draft, that might be what you want, you know, or what you need or, or how you've built your roster. You, it just the way it goes. I'm not, when I look at, he's not a guy that I get, get up and get excited. Like, Ooh, I got Jordan Howard. He's a guy that if I took a rookie early that I want in case that doesn't work out, or if I take one of these other guys who are a little bit more risky he represents a certain amount of points that I can bank on. Um, and I just, so Jonathan Taylor is a player I like. And I think when I did these ranks a little bit before, there was a lot of talk in Indy about, they didn't know what they wanted to do with their backfield and, you know, they're going to run a committee and it looks like Taylor's going to kind of steal that job. Yeah. And it might Taylor- not be till what week three, four, five, like, Taylor represents to me what Chubb was his rookie year and what Camaro was his rookie year where they get drafted. You know, he's going to get drafted. He's probably going to get drafted in the third or fourth round. Um, But you might have to sit and wait a little bit before he finds his way as the number one. Yeah. So now I'm going to start going through the names that are above Howard and um. I think that there's a common theme here. So, um, Devin Singletary would be the one that's the highest on their list and the lowest on mine, probably. Um, he is like the quintessential guy playing the, like the in the wrong body type. Right. Yeah. He is a small back that runs like a big back, and he is not. He's a professional running back. But they bring in another running back who's Zach Moss, um, right? Yeah, who's a good player, um, and maybe a, a you know um, takes takes uh, Singletary off the field. Singletary had a decent year last year. He did. Um, I, I actually drafted him last year, and he's a guy I had to hold on to probably like half the season, and I started him a few games when he started to to come on to come on like yeah to to work into that offense um so um i'm just not sure that you know like that that is that he is represents a much higher value um raheem mostert uh an, an injury guy right yeah, and he's on a really highly efficient running team, too. Right, but so, also as right. Coleman there. Yeah. Um, and they seem to ride the hot hand. They do. Ronald Ronald Jones. We in love with taking Ronald Jones. No, not at all. Um, who knows what to make in Tampa with their backfield? Um, DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson. Same backfield. Who you know, like what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, I'm not like that. I'm not in love with that Detroit team at all. Um, carry on. He was he got pretty hyped up last year and wound up he getting got injured. injured. Yeah, he got injured. I'm not. Yeah, he's and they don't seem to be in love with him in Detroit. Like no. I think that we as fantasy players like him more than his team does, which I don't understand. You know, like I think that he has been when he has been on the field has been good. Um but it seems to me like we as fantasy players seem to like um carry on better than his team does. Swift is a local guy, isn't he? He is. Yeah. He is. Uh, his dad owns a gym down in Fishtown, I believe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm not sure which high school he went to, but he's a Philly kid. Um, which I'd love to take him, you know, Penn Staters, Philly kids. I I, I love (laughs) grabbing. 
Um, but really good college career too. Yeah, yeah. A, a very talented kid coming out, and, and they spent good draft capital on him. Um, is this is this a week eight? Do they just is it a complete split? I just don't know what to make in Detroit. Um, Cam Akers. I'm not sure that the Rams off. I think the Rams offense is taking a nosedive this year. I I totally agree with that too. Um, they got decent receivers, but their line is not as good as it once was. So I'm with you there. So another a guy you missed was Kareem Hunt. Now he's well, he's down. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is interesting, but what 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 does that look like with him 16 games like he's a hell of a player you know I just I don't know I don't know a little bit of of what to grab there you know like I I don't I just don't know I don't think that he wins the job from Nick Chubb and I don't think Nick Chubb outright wins the job either yeah I mean there could be some sharing there, which obviously we're talking fantasy. That hurts, you know. That hurts your your totals. Yep. Um, I think that Kareem Hunt's a perfectly fine guy to draft. It just depends. When I look at Jordan Howard, and we're going through these names, it all of this really depends on how you've built your team. And I know, like, I think I have him at twenty four a little bit because I know how I will end up building my team. And I might need a guy like that, you know, um, not that I load up on a ton of risk, but a lot of my drafts, I start running back receiver or I start with two running backs, but one of them does represent more risk. And um, I, that guy to me just represents a more clear path to a decent floor. Again, I don't think he's winning anybody, any leagues. No, no. I mean, yeah. He's... I think Swift can win somebody a league. I think Taller can win somebody a league. I don't think Howard can. But I also don't want to put myself in a situation where um, I've taken three guys and they all don't work out. Or I have to wait until week eight and now I'm out of the playoffs. So let, let me ask you. Um mm-hmm. Of all these running backs that we discussed from 1 to 24, okay, who do you think is going to break the top five that didn't last year? From 1 to 24? Yeah, like who from – it doesn't even – fine. Well, Any running say- back. Which running back will make it into the top five that did not make it but played, year. but played in the league last year. Doesn't even have to. It could be a rookie. Okay. So, I mean, I'm still going to lean towards. Jeez. Uh, or maybe not as long. It could be none. Maybe the top five. Nah, or the top five. No, I think Miles Sanders represents a good chance too. Yeah. I think that. I think that Jacobs represents a good chance too. Josh Jacobs, yeah. And then I think I think James Conner represents a good chance too. So the four, I'm going to give you four names: Miles Sanders, Hilaire, Josh Jacobs, and James Conner. Okay. They're the guys that I would look at. Now I'm not going to say all four. My point is, is when I look at you know. Um, my, that's my, the, all those guys represent, uh, my rankings eight through like 15. And, so they're not a top five rank. Right. And I guess the reason I asked that is because, and this is just like personal, we've been discussing where we're drafting 10 and yeah. 11. Okay. <laughs> and I, the other day I said, you know what? I regret not taking the fourth pick. Mm-hmm. And you said to me, like, 
the last I don't know, I forget what you said last three years or four years or whatever when I've picked late those running backs made it into the top five. So uh, the stat that I gave you was I've picked in the bottom three five times in fifteen years, and three out of my out of the five running backs that I have taken with either my first round or early second round pick have finished inside the top five. Which is, I mean, a great stat. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I don't think that's clairvoyance on my part. Like, I don't think that's about me. I just think that there are, there is value there. We tend to get enamored with those top five picks and my feeling with picking at the back end of the turn is um, even if I split those picks, even if I go with wide receiver and running back, that second pick, if my first pick gets injured or for some reason does not work out, represents a insurance. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I don't think it's clairvoyance. There's different reasons those guys fell. So I'll give the names of the guys that, that I had said to you um, of those three picks. So in 2009, I picked Chris Johnson. And then I picked the Marco Mary, I think it was 2012, or um, the, the year he was ridiculous. He was the number one running back in Dallas. And then I took, um, I took Cook last year right. with my first pick in the second round. Um, but I, oh, no, I'm sorry, because I took Bell at pick 12 the year he was suspended. And I think he was a top five. So maybe it was four out of five. Right. Uh, so it's not that I feel like I'm clairvoyant. It's just there are guys that represent, for whatever reason, they don't go in the top five, but they still are supremely, supremely talented. You know, Chris Johnson comes out with the fastest 40 time like ever for a running back. Right. I didn't take him based on how good Tennessee was. I took him that I was pick 11 and I took him for the opportunity, you know, like DeMarco Mary represented when I looked at him in Dallas, Dallas invested a ton in their offensive line. He was not known as a great running back. I looked at the offense. Yeah. I mean, I Um, guess your whole point was to me, like, you know, those those later picks, you can absolutely with here's proof that you can get a top five running back at this at these picks, bar none, easy, you know, bar bar none, yeah. Um, and so what my advice to anybody who's in our role is don't get cutesy with those picks because it's going to be a while. Right. When you pick that second pick, it's nice to get those two picks back to back, but it's going to be a while before you pick again. So what I always say to people when you're picking at the back end, your second pick is a fringe first round talent. Right. Yeah. Depending on your ranks, they're a fringe first round talent. But when you pick again in the late third, that's a fringe fourth round talent. Right. So don't get too cutesy with that pick. Don't, don't outsmart yourself. Don't go too far off the board because you're not going to be picking for a while. So I really, when you have that late pick, I really caution against going for those onesie picks, the quarterbacks or tight ends. I'm not against taking Travis Kelsey in the second round. I'd rather take him more in the late second. Um, I probably would never take a quarterback in the second round at this point in the NFL. Um, but point being is, is like you can, there are, there are great players to get there and you can get guys that are the, these players at the back end of the round are just as talented as the guys in the, in the beginning of the first, they either have a shorter sample size of high end production or um, represent some other risk coming off a suspension, coming off an injury coming, you know, uh, there are just different types of risk. That they represent, but that doesn't mean they're not good players. You know, Miles Sanders is a hell of a football player. Josh Jacobs, Jacobs is a hell of a football player. Nick Chubb. Yeah, like those Nick, guys. Nick yeah. Chubb. 
Um, so when you're looking at these guys, absolutely there are ways there are ways to nail it. I just don't get too cute. <laughs> For sure. Yep. You know, like um because it's gonna be a little while before you pick. And this is why I love picking at the tail end of the of the draft, because I think that I want two chances really to nail that pick. Or to get or did, if I miss, I got to, and I go to do split it with a wide receiver. I got a damn good wide receiver. Oh, yeah. Like, kind of where we're picking, you could get a Chubb and Julio Jones or, or some Tyreek Hill Sanders or, or, or Hopkins, you know, like, yeah. And so. Um, if that's the route you're going to go, that's fine. I just don't see myself, and I think that you're probably in agreement, doing that this year just because of how thin that position gets. Like, And I think that there's good upside guys in like the fourth round, but the position gets very thin very fast if you don't – if you're not – you need to be at least three deep at running back, three like starting quality deep. And um, – if you don't, if you split those picks, then you're going to be thin. It's going to be, you're going to be hunting. Yeah. And just like every year, like you'll be hunting, but every year, like there will be a guy that's on the waiver board that you can pick up that for somehow gets into the, top 24 yeah. you know like the an injury yeah. and in this year you know someone gets sick and doesn't get better for a long time you know like it's it's just a crazy year right so just don't chase like don't don't feel like you're behind and then you have to chase chase a position which is what i never want to feel like yeah i mean we've both been there with certain positions so. yeah I learned my lesson a couple of years ago with a quarterback chasing that the whole season. The whole season. It's a grind when you have to do that. So um, that brings us right up on, on our time. Yep. What do we got? Some Flyers hockey coming up. <laughs> Flyers hockey yep. coming up. But we can't forget the end of this podcast is the first time we're doing it. Um. Beef jerky review. Yep. So I talked a little bit about it, about it on last night's pod. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it. Um, talk to a friend of mine about how to be a, a good bad guy in your league. <laughs> um, and he he had this hilarious story. Just I'm going to put the uh, mic down for a second. But he had this hilarious story about how to break his commissioner's balls. <laughs> At the time that the league fee was due, he wrote him a check, like or at the draft, he wrote the guy a check, but postdated the check till when the like the championship was over. <laughs> so the guy went to cash it, and it was the check was dated for like you know December. <laughs> um, so just like goofy stuff like that, you know. So what what brand of beef jerky do you have? So I got a brand called bronco bellies <laughs> I, mean, I feel like if that's your name yeah um like you better have an authentic jerk yeah it's got it says small batch family owns um and the style is old country Ooh, so whatever that country. means um all right i've never had this one before so and when it comes to beef jerky i tend to like the more tender than than the harder ones so this this jerky is it's on the thin harder side okay so a little chewy so it's going to be chewy okay um did you get any what flavor did you get it just says old country so it doesn't have okay. like i guess no pepper or like just a full beef standard Hickory, maybe. Yeah, standard. Um, it's not like teriyaki or anything like that. So, 
I just put it in my mouth. Um, Sounds chewy. It's chewy. Now, the chewier ones tend to have more flavor, like strong flavor. Like, to me, they're saltier. Now, they're usually saltier, and they usually have a stronger smoke. Yeah. This one, I can't tell what smoke it is, or it's, um, it's not bad. It's pretty good, actually. It's got good flavor. Um, it's not too, like, it's, like, mildly spicy. Um, I can't, I, yeah, I can't pick up, maybe it's, like, a hickory or a mesquite. But, beef, normally, that's what I would yeah. go with, if I'm smoking beef. So, uh, it's one of those, and it's pretty, um, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to do, we're going to judge it barbecue style. So um, we're going to rate it on taste and tenderness. Um, and the perfect score for each would be five. And then we'll just take the average. Okay. So. For being thin, it's pretty tender. Um, okay. So the tenderness, I would go. Uh, I would I would give it like a three. Okay. So take another bite. Um, what were the other? <laughs> what were the other? Taste. Taste. Just just taste and tenderness. Yep. So taste. Um, it's I, I'm gonna go. It's gonna. It's it's middle of the road. Um, it's your standard beef jerky. I'm just going to put it that way. Um, nothing too special about it. It's good. It's good. So I'm going to say it's it's three. It's it's to me. It's, it's a stop it's, three. Yeah. Like average. It's average. Beef jerky. Yes. So normally in a barbecue competition, you would you would also rate the appearance since it's jerky. It can all it's all going to kind of appear the same. So we're just going to judge it on two categories rather than three. So I got a brand called Hero Jerky. Um, it looks like they donate a certain amount of their sales back to veterans. Nice. So it's like three cents of each bag sold to Fisher House Foundation, which is uh, helping um, families in uh, VA medical centers. So um, I picked this up one because so – I'm not the biggest fan of one of the like major brands. Um, and this was one of the only offerings at the store, but also, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm down with donating the veteran to VA and the veterans. So, um, I did get a teriyaki flavor. Um, this is on the tender side. Uh, and normally I like the thinner, like more done jerky. Um, it's in bigger pieces. So, it's soft. Nice. <laughs> um, so I think on the tenderness, I'd give it a four. Um, I usually like a good teriyaki flavor, but this has an odd aftertaste to it. So I think I'm actually going to go with the flavor being a two, which would still give us an average of three. Okay. So both the ones uh, we chose are, were... We're going down the average, right down the line. Yeah, just getting there different ways. Um, yeah, it's got this weird aftertaste. I wonder what that is. Oh, you know what it is? Smoke flavor added. Oh, okay. So it's not naturally smoked, and I think that that's what I'm picking up is the chemical from okay. the like liquid, liquid smoke. smoke. Yep. So, um, read your labels, guys. <laughs> Uh, if you're going to go down this road, uh, there is a big difference between ones that are actually smoked and one that has liquid smoke added. So, um, Hero Jerky, and then you had Wild Bills? I had Wild Bills, yeah. Um, right. No, no. Bronco Billies. Bronco Oh, Bronco, Bronco Bills. That used to be a um, <laughs> like a teenage dance club in the Northeast when we were young. <laughs> At like, close to Grant and the Boulevard. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's got a picture of like a like a, like a bull rider. No, he's like a cowboy. He's got like two uh. two pistols. <laughs> he's got like little, a, little he's got like a, a really nice mustache. <laughs> a hat that no. has like an arrow through it like it's got a lot a lot of action yeah i mean it's got a good like the 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 packaging's really it's i like it yeah yeah <laughs> so i got like this this has like um it, it's like a matte black to the top but then it's got like a blue camo nice uh so yeah, if you like beef jerky, we're going to try and do a jerky review at the end of each fantasy football podcast. Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, um, one of these I days, like, we're going to have to pick up the same one, and then. Well, yeah, yeah but maybe maybe next time I try to find Bronco Billies, <laughs> Bronco Billies. You know, like, and and that's just not necessarily that we're reviewing the same one, but we make sure we hit all the same yeah. one. So. Um, I'm actually going to be back tomorrow with Ozzy doing wide receiver ranks. Awesome. Um, and we'll do, we're going to kind of do the same format. So, uh, guys, I'll be back tomorrow with more fantasy football talk. All right. Go fly. All right. Go fly guys. All right. See you.